What up? This is Myron, and you are listening to the Rye Bread and Mustard, a Mariners podcast, the down on the docks on the other side of the tracks, dive bar style podcast of and about the Seattle Mariners that you are listening to right here on the Odyssey app. We are an Odyssey partner, but hey, you can listen to this podcast and get it wherever you want. And we're not going to judge you because you know we like those five tool baseball players, but you know what we like more than that? Those five star reviews. So if you feel so inclined, hit us with that five-star review. Also, if you want to rock that rye bread, you want the street cred for wearing the rye bread, hit up at simply.cora. That's at simply.cora on Etsy or Instagram. She'll hook you up just in time for Christmas, just in time for the winter meetings to be over with. And hopefully we got some bigger and better things to talk about instead of crying in our soup about it or getting on social media and bitching about it. Uh, We'll get right into it today because things are moving pretty quickly. We've had a, a day to soak in what this Jared Kelnick to the Braves, along with Marco Gonzalez and Evan White, means what people are nationally saying about it, what people are uh, throwing shade at about it, and also what is going to be the corresponding move. It seems like the newest big one for the Seattle Mariners is a possible trade for Randy Arozarena and or, and or Isaac Paredes from the Tampa Bay Rays. Talk a little bit about that as well as, hey, is this Blake Snell thing still an option? So there it is right there. A little bit of touching on the trade with Atlanta a day later now that we've let it soaked in. Are we going to be making a trade with Tampa Bay and also... Are we still in this Blake Snow thing? Does he still like us? Do we still like him? We're getting into that right after this. Get ready to play hardball in the kingdom. Take me to the ball game. I want to see the ants. The Mariners are playing hardball. Did it again and again and again. Did it again. Princess Tours, the vacation company, brings you the best show in baseball when the San Diego Chicken plays hardball with the Seattle Mariners and the Baltimore Orioles tonight in the Kingdom. When you're waking up here Tuesday morning and getting this episode fresh out the can, um, still, right now, the biggest story coming out of the winter meetings of any sort of action is the Jared Kelnick trade to Atlanta along with Marco Gonzalez and Evan White. And in yesterday's episode, in our instant reaction, there was a part of the episode that I put out separately uh, that you can check out on YouTube or actually uh, at Odyssey or wherever you get your podcast action from. I think it's titled The Breaking Down, uh, How Jared Kelnick Will Fit Into the Lineup. Anyways, I want to roll uh, just a portion of that right now and come back and add on to it. This is from yesterday's podcast. So if you have heard this part, go ahead and skip ahead. But back to Kelnick, just to wrap it up, unless you want to keep going on with it. I think this is a really good thing for him. The Braves are a great organization. Kelnick is going to be in a lineup that I had hoped Seattle would build for him. He's going to have no pressure on him. Sure, he struggled at times, high fastball, um, you know, recognizing pitch, facing lefties. But Atlanta's Atlanta. They looked at Kelnick for a reason, and they think they can fix him or improve to what his potential is. I think it's going to be a great thing for him, and I would expect him to 
really have a good season. And and you add a veteran left-handed pitcher to a team with that lineup. I mean, Atlanta Braves right now out the gate, as far as this trade, you know, in this sandbox, they have won. If you're Atlanta right now, you've got to be ecstatic about this. In fact, Oh, there we go. If you're watching on YouTube, where's that? You got that Braves blanket going. Oh, keep yourself warm tonight. It's probably chilly up there in, in Washington, isn't it? Yeah. It's a, I mean, it's raining like Mariners fans, tears coming down out of the sky. Just another shocker. Now, you, you, you a key word that you said right there, you said Braves lineup looking. So I, as you were going on there, I, I pulled up the fan graphs. They already updated it. They already have Jared Kelnick starting. You want to hear it? You got Ronald Acuna. You got Ozzy Albies. You got Austin Riley. You got Matt Olson. You got Marcelo Zuna. You got Michael Harris the second. You got Sean Murphy. You got Jared projected in there, hitting low in the lineup at eight. For me, I really like that outfield. I mean, Acuna... Uh, and Kelnick and left, and then their center fielder, who we saw up in Seattle, you know, wow. You look at Atlanta, and you look at the Dodgers last year. These are two teams that you thought was going to be a shoe-in for the NLCS. Uh, shit happened. Uh, they're adding on to their team somebody that he's got zero pressure to carry this team. And, you know, he's aligned himself up in a lineup with another big superstar on the same or maybe just a little bit above the level of Julio. Yeah. I mean, that outfield is uh, defensively, yikes. They're good. Uh, Cunha, yeah, you mentioned Harris. Yeah, rookie of the year, uh, young player. I mean, it's funny you mentioned uh, the Dodgers, too, in that part of your 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 uh your talk there i mean they were they were in on kelnick last year or it was rumored that they inquired about him so it's just interesting that these two quality franchises are asking about jk you know and is this going to be something that comes back and bites the mariners as far as what he turns into but i he's he would have never reached in my opinion his potential with the mariners as what he probably will with the braves Think about it if you're the Mets. Now he's back in the division, the first people to get rid of him. Um, and also the amount or the return that you're getting. I know that we're, we're, we're being fortune tellers of going, this wasn't a great trade. We didn't win this trade. But it's it's hard to see that. I know it's an instant reaction. But, I mean, this to me just seems like, hey, we just – as an organization want to cut ties with Jerry Kelnick. And at the same time, I'm not sitting here and going like he was the chosen one. The chosen one is Julio. And that's what we have to remember. But at the same time, I don't feel like Jerry Kelnick got a fair shake at being brought up with out the pressure of being like, you need to perform right now because we're in a pennant race and we don't have any other options because we didn't bring anybody in in free agency and we didn't do it again. And we put you in this situation again. And, um, and we're going to hit you lead off. Remember yeah. that? Yeah. Um, but I do feel like 
if he was brought up a different way, if he was in a different organization where he didn't have as much pressure on him to be like, Hey, we're, we're putting the team on your back. You're, you're going to save us. Uh, uh, and you have to play every single day. I mean, the plan last year was that he was going to be a platoon player and to his credit, the people that he was paired with to be a platoon player, AJ Pollock, whomever, uh, didn't pan out. And he was showing signs of, hey, he could be an everyday hitter, everyday player. You know, his average dipped after April, but I, I think we talked about it on here where it was going like, wow, yeah, he he has, he has been kind of slumping, but you wouldn't know because of every hit he had and everything that he did was like big moment, big hustle, um great play in the outfield like he contributed something to the team positively so much and then you have the water cooler thing and then it kind of triggers you back to like oh see, he's he's not changed but again he's young so it's just one of those fuck it's always going to be what if moments especially if you know he turns his career in the direction that we all think he can and I think the biggest thing to me is, again, the return of what you got for him, why he was part of this deal. Um, I get it, but I also am like, that, that's the part that sucks. Like like we said when we were starting here, like I could see if you made a trade maybe last year or something for something that you really needed. Like we need this right now. And, you know, getting somebody who hasn't played in the major leagues and somebody with like, you know, the pedigree of the other guy, you're like, it's, it doesn't feel good. And, um, I do feel like no matter what the, where the Mariners go from this, when you isolate this just to right now, unless one of these pitchers just turns into like the holy fucking God of pitching, I feel like Atlanta definitely for where, where they're at, Definitely, this is a good trade for the Atlanta Braves all around. Uh, Evan White, see what happens with him. Uh, Marco Gonzalez, healthy, is going to help your team, especially with a lineup like that. It's a great fit. Jared Kelnick, no pressure. End of the lineup on a stud lineup. A great yeah, trade. I agree with all that. Great trade uh, for the Braves. All right, that was from yesterday's uh, instant reaction. Um, you know, sitting here more than twenty-four hours after you know saying that, I still feel the same. I still feel like Jared Kelnick, as the superstar, as the savior, as the guy that didn't work out. I think the Mariners mismanaged that a bit. Also, you know. Julio happened. And um, I think going to Atlanta and being somewhere where, hey, they already have an established star. Their superstar is Acuna, where he's not going to be, um, you know, compared to Acuna, uh, no matter what, even though that Jared and Julio are separate players, but being right around the same age. And, you know, Jared Kelnick was a bit more of a household name to Mariners fans waiting on the, uh, the next wave of uh, stars to come in. He was definitely, you know, one, a, 
um, Julio happened. And uh, I feel like that was just something that Jerry Kelnick, it, it was just, he's never going to get past that. It was exciting to think about those two hitting together. But I think you, with Jared going into Atlanta, it's just going to be an easier transition to know exactly what role there is. Walking into a new locker room, not like we said, not much pressure. Um, and if you go online, obviously, or social media, everybody has an opinion about it. Uh, we had my grandma Norma's opinion about it uh, on here yesterday. Let me let's play that. Hello. Well, Grandma, Jared Kelnick, no longer a Mariner. He's an Atlanta Brave. What's your feelings on it? I, uh, my feelings are on this. Is a, I really don't care. That I, he wasn't one of my favorites. The one that kicked the water cooler? That's who he is. He was very passionate. Yeah, well, maybe he could go get a job with the Seahawks as a kicker oh. if things don't work out with a lot of Braves. So you didn't, like, mean, you didn't like his attitude? No, I didn't care for him at all. But uh, I, I was always under the impression that you kind of liked him when they brought him in up there. Does, does Hampton like him? Well, he wasn't my favorite, I'll tell you that. So I can't, uh, I wish him luck, but I, I can't shed any uh, tears over him going. Yeah, so you're just, you're looking forward to what uh, Jerry DePoto is going to add to the team here. Well, I'm looking forward to the game starting, so. Right. Okay. Well, I hope they get some new new pitchers and uh, leave the rest of the team kind of alone. <laughs> All right. There you go. All right, Grandma. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk to you later. All right. All right. Bye. Bye. And look, Jared Kelnick had his fair share of uh, doubters or haters. And it's funny because some of them are seem to be upset about the trade. And I think that has to do with the Mariners not adding and the Mariners' uh, previous trades. But as far as, you know, checking out what, like, the Atlanta Braves have to say about this, I'm just going to pull up one article here. There's a bunch, obviously. Uh, a lot of people are talking about that this is uh, was a steal, and the Mariners have been on the other sides of this steal, so it's very uh, not feeling good to be <laughs> to be on this side of it. But obviously, we know it was the salary thing, and you're, you're going to have to give somebody up with club control. Um, Mariners are probably looking to do the same with, uh, you know, Tampa Bay. You got uh, Paredes, who's going to be uh, arbitration eligible. We also have some players that are getting to that uh, stage. Anyways, here's an article from Fox Sports. Anyways, this article is by Jake Mintz and Jordan Chesterman on foxsports.com. It is titled, Jared Kelnick, Trade a Potential Steal for Braves, Precursor for the Mariners. Um, so far this winter, the hot stove has been a walk-in freezer, but leave it to Jerry DePoto. He, of the 158 trades, as head of the Seattle Mariners to blast up the burners just as the winter meetings commence on Sunday night, DePoto unleashed a shocker sending Marco Gonzalez first baseman, Evan white and Jerry Kelnick to the Braves. And they basically grade this trade by giving the Atlanta Braves a 
A minus on on the acquisition and the Mariners a C minus. Uh, let me pull a couple things in here. He says uh, it's not the blockbuster Juan Soto trade everyone's been itching for, but a five player swap could have lasting percussions that shape the remainder of the offseason for the Braves. It's a creative way to address their hole in left field and an indication that they'll spend the rest of the winter adding depth and fortifying their pitching staff for Seattle. It's either an embarrassing or cowardly sign of futility or the first move in a pivot for ages. Uh, basically what the Braves did, Kelnick could be a real prize as the Braves gave up shockingly little to get him. The article also points out that the 23 year old last year, Kelnick took a massive offensive step forward. The strikeouts were still high, but again, the exit velocity on that bat, you know, he upped his OPS going on to say he upped his OPS plus from one on up to one Oh nine from 66 in the previous two season, but they did point out the all time stupid self inflicted injury that kicked the cooler in July in frustration in the dugout and broke his, the bone in his foot, kept him out of Seattle's playoff push, but Kelnick still figured out to be a key cog in the Mariners lineup. Well, this article also points out, you know, the exit velocity taking a big jump forward last year. And like most of the articles that I've read or things that I've heard is kind of pointing out a bit of a head scratcher on what exactly the plan is going forward. Uh, you could kind of make sense of a Eugenio Suarez as, as tough as that was for the fans. You also could understand, hey, we want to go in this contact direction, not bringing tail back at that qualifying offer amount. Um, and sure, with uh, Jared Kelnick, you are subtracting some strikeouts and some doubt. But uh, it, it from this and the reports of the Mariners possibly having financial um, constraints, more so than uh, what we thought with um, what's going on with Root Sports and Xfinity and all of that. It, it, it is a little bit scary. I, I know at the presser, um, they claimed that they were going to spend more money this year. The payroll is going to get big. That's still the case. Um, they got a lot of work to do. They got a lot of uh, signing to do, a lot of trading to do. Um, but as far as the Jared Kelnick trade, it seems like league-wide, baseball worldwide, is that the Mariners got fleeced here. He wears a 10-foot glove to feel the ball and stands a full 40 oxen tall. Actually, I'm 6'8". Big Richie. He threw a semi-truck across the street. He wrestles bears and eats raw meat. There's sunflower seeds. Big Richie. He swam the Nile with a crocodile, and he hits that ball a country mile. As a matter of fact, I do. Big Richie. Big Richie. So one thing that we have been seeing a bit more come to the surface, and sometimes this gets me a bit nervous because then a team like the Yankees or the Dodgers or the Red Sox or anybody that is notorious about actually building and spending money on their team 
come in and kind of swoop under things when uh, you hear about a story for a while and there is no trigger pulled on it. But it does seem like the Rays and Seattle Mariners discussing Randy Rosarena and Isaac Paredes seems to be heating up here. Um, God, I, this is a, a trade that I would definitely like. I think this is something that would uh, impact the Mariners right away. I mean, uh, you would have an everyday third baseman. I know that we were talking about Reyes being uh, maybe the everyday third baseman right now, but honestly, <laughs> if you had Isaac Paredes and, and you have him, you're looking pretty good at third base. Paredes is uh, 24 years old. Last year, he hit uh, he hit around 250, but he doesn't strike out too much. He played in 143 games, only struck out 104 times. Uh, in his uh, 2022 year, he played 111 games, and that's about where he started to be quite a regular fixture on the Tampa Bay Rays in uh, 2020 and 2021. He had about 60 games under his belt, but career strikeouts, 206. So in his two, let's just say two plus seasons of baseball, he struck out less than uh, Eugenio Suarez did uh, last year. He hit 31 home runs up from uh, 20 home runs in 2022. So obviously the offensive swing is up. I know that he's going to be, starting to be arbitration eligible. So that is why that the um, Tampa Bay Rays are, are listening. Um, this guy's 5'11", 213. You know, that's a right-handed bat. But the big name would be Randy Arozarena. A little bit older, 28 years old. Uh, but we have watched him over the last three seasons, four seasons since he, he jumped onto the scene. Uh, it was an ALCS MVP. Watched him in the home run derby here last season. Hit 254, 23 home runs, 83 RBIs. A little bit down on the RBIs from the year before. Um, struck out 156 times. So he struck out 20 more times than Jared Kelnick did playing left field, but obviously played a lot more games. So right there, both of these players are players that fit into that contact more oriented way that the Mariners are talking about doing. Uh, this is somebody that's going to be owed money pretty soon and quite a bit, but to be honest, I love this guy. I've been calling to get this guy for a minute. Uh, got to see him in the WBC uh, this last year as well. Besides seeing him at uh, T-Mobile park when I was up there in the summer during the all-star game in the, in the race series, but uh, watching in the, in the WBC was really where I was just the swag and really noticing who this guy was and uh, being a fan of him. He played on Team Mexico, um, even though he's a, a, a Cuban-born baseball player. But just the swag he has. I like it when he does the B-boy uh, pose, good left field. I mean, this is a, a perennial all-star every year. Would be an immediate upgrade at either of the outfield positions, especially in left field, which has just been this Bermuda triangle for the Seattle Mariners uh, since the beginning of Mariners time. Um, but to get these guys, you're going to be giving up a lot. 
that is the hard part here. You're not you're not getting a deal. You're not going to be fleecing Tampa Bay. They're really good at what they do when they when they move these guys, always getting something in return. And their Toronto Blue Jays have been uh, rumored about this. They've been trying to replace third base. I know there was rumors about a Eugenio Suarez and the Mariners making a deal. They're really big. It seems like in on Paredes. Uh, and I believe the story really started to pick up some steam when uh, John Morosi started tweeting and talking about it. Let's check out what he was saying here. He says, with the stove starting to heat up in Nashville amid the start of the MLB winners meetings, it appears the Seattle Mariners and Tampa Bay Rays may be a couple of the biggest players over the next few days. The two sides have already begun talking about a possible trade for the Rays infielder Isaac Paredes. It also appears that all-star outfielder Randy Rosarena is available and his name has come up in trade talks. Like I was kind of mentioning a bit earlier here, Morosi reported that Paredes was a name to watch as he is arbitration eligible and that both Seattle and the Blue Jays appeared to be interested in the 24-year-old. And this is a 24-year-old who hit 250, 31 home runs last year. And for a Rosarena, he's coming off one of the best calendar years of his career, making the all-star game after having an incredible run in the WBC with Mexico. This guy's a baller. This guy's a gamer. Uh, but yes, several teams, according to Morosi, have contacted Tampa Bay. Uh, no shit regarding the 28 year old as he's projected to earn 9 million this next season, nearing a point that the Rays typically trade their players before they get too expensive. And citing that the franchise record for payroll is $84 million that was set in 2022. So Rosarena could help bring in a big trade haul while cutting that down. Very enticing here. Um, as a fan, you, you, you do feel this, this angst, this uh, anxiousness for something to happen. And this seems to fit exactly into what I believe or what a lot of us have been led to believe what they are trying to see their lineup more so like less strikeouts, still having some of that power there when you don't bring back Teo Hernandez, Eugenio and Jerry Kelnick, you know, those three combined those three combined, I believe, are right at about 550 strikeouts from this last season um, between the three of them, and that's what's Kelnick missing quite a bit of the season. With these two, you're bringing in, just by replacing these guys, if you're looking at the, the contact rate, getting the ball in play, these guys are twice as good as that. But if they do not get this, they are going to have to get some sort of offensive uh, stability over there at third base. But obviously, Paredes would solve that problem. And um, he seems like a player that is swinging up towards his prime. Randy Rosarena is in his prime. The immediate impact to the Mariners with this, and in addition of a veteran pitcher that you're going to have to add if you make a trade for this, because you are probably going to be giving up Miller or Wu, I would assume. And maybe this would be the perfect pairing with another former Tampa Bay Ray, Blake Snell. 
We've talked about him before, but let's talk about him right after this. Ladies and gentlemen, a very funny man. Please welcome from Seattle, Jay Buner. Here's one for you. Horse walks into a bar. Bartender says, hey, why the long face? Here's one for you. Aren't you glad he decided to play right field for the Mariners instead? As we all know, and, and uh, over the holiday season, Blake Snell was very effusive about his love and want and yearning to play for the Seattle Mariners, uh, was raising the 12th man flag at the Seahawks game on Thanksgiving. He was at uh, the Huskies uh, and Washington State Cougars Apple Cup. Uh, it's reported that fans were chanting at him about coming to Seattle and he returned the favor by saying, tell him to come get me. Uh, maybe there could be a hometown discount in there. It seems now with the reports of what's going on with uh, root sports situation, maybe this is looking less and less as something that is going to happen. But with the Mariners shaving payroll at the same time, it, it does keep it a little bit right there on the surface, especially if you make a trade uh, where you're trading away Woo, you're trading away Miller. Maybe you're even trading uh, Logan Gilbert for big impact bat one way or another. The, these are the guys that are left that teams are asking for. And um, I think those two go hand in hand. If we are going to be signing Blake Snell, if that does happen. Um, but now it seems like, at least nationally, after the Mariners and uh, Snell's story of this possible hometown reunion didn't happen, uh, we are starting to see uh, other teams uh, start to come in the headlines here. We are talking about last year's reigning NL Cy Young, two-time Cy Young winner, um, Blake Snell. He's won one in the National League and one in the American League. Like I just said, uh, and if you haven't been uh, paying attention to Snell, had us come up with the Tampa Bay Rays. So it'd be very interesting if we did get him. You could just add that to the list of former Rays players that played for the Seattle Mariners. But as far as him, it seems like also there are a couple of other teams that are interested. Uh, one is the New York Mets. who We know love to collect uh, Cy Young Award winners and like to spend money uh, and will get who they want at, at, at whatever the cost is. And another one that has been noted are the L.A. Dodgers, another team that seems to get who they want, just like the Atlanta Braves or the Houston Astros, or the New York Yankees the, the, or St. Louis. These are uh, These are the top elite teams in the league. And could you fucking imagine if the Dodgers signed Snell and Otani? I mean, this would, I mean, obviously be the perfect uh, fix for Otani not pitching in 2024. You would still be adding, you would be adding the offense that Otani would bring every year. And what you're not getting from him on the mound, you would be getting from Blake Snell. 
And with the uncertainty of Clayton Kershaw, the Dodgers would have, and the Dodgers would be, uh, you know, facilitating something that has always worked for them. And that's having a Cy Young elite level left-handed guy on the, on the Hill in their rotation. So that is a bit concerning if you are in on the Blake Snell thing. A lot of the pushback from people is, uh, and listeners who have commented, uh, bring up the fact that this guy doesn't go deep in games. Uh, last year, I think he pitched 180 innings, 32 starts. So that's what five and a third. So he's averaging a little less than six innings a game. Derek Allen uh, commented here and said, barely averages five innings a start. Well, he averages a little bit more than that, but uh, would wear out the bullpen. I think that's a, a good point right there. Um, Tim Grand says, a rotation of Snell, Castillo, Ray, Gilbert, and Kirby sounds pretty okay with Wu and Miller, a one-two punch in the pen. Now you're dreaming. Sign Bellinger and this kid named Otani, and that's a powerhouse. Oh, my God, this guy. I don't know what that guy's smoking and drinking, but I would love that. That does, that does sound like more of a dear Santa. Anyways, we're in the middle of this hot stoves season, so we'll be back. Tomorrow, uh, today was definitely a reflect on the Kelnick trade. Obviously, uh, was the uh, water cooler um, topic of today. Uh, that was not intended, but I think that that works out right. Um, but uh, we'll be back tomorrow, hopefully, maybe even before that, talking about a trade. Anyways. Anyways, thanks for liking, subscribing, and commenting, and rating. You know, we like those five-tool baseball players. We love them. Come on, Jerry. We need some more of those. But you know what? This podcast, we love those five-star reviews on the podcast. It definitely helps out our rating. definitely helps out our show, keeping us above that threshold of not being a shitty podcast. You know what I mean? And again, thanks to the people at Odyssey. And you can get this on Odyssey. You can check us out at our YouTube channels, Rye Bread and Mustard, a Mariners podcast. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. We're in those communities. If you like what you see and you like the gear that we're usually wearing, you've seen down at the stadiums, you've seen it at the bar. Maybe you've seen it in jail, the Rye Bread and Mustard gear. If you want that street cred for rocking the Rye Bread, hit up at simply.core. That's on Instagram or Etsy. All right. We'll be back tomorrow. Sure.